welcome to the new and improved 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, which is no more. You will notice, I'm hoping, the new artwork, which is not yet done at 3.13 p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon, and you will get this in your feed about 2 o'clock on Wednesday morning, give or take an hour or two. This week, the delay might be me getting that uh, getting that new artwork done, so it's going to look a little bit different in your feed, but it's going to be the same old goodness you've come to expect. But since Andy's not here and today Jeff's not here, so it's just Ken and Randy today. So instead of having the names attached to the show, which was great for 260-some episodes, we're going to hit here at 266 and say enough already. This is whole life. And I like it because it really does. What we're talking about is whole life because if we really believe what we're saying, everything applies to our whole life. Amen. Amen. And, and I'm it, with you. And here's the thing. It was Ken's idea. Oh, that's not true. Yeah. No, you said it. You said it, uh, what was it, two episodes ago. You're like, why not just, this is whole life. And I'm like, hmm. hmm. That was pretty good. And then I threw out a bunch of garbage at you guys in an email hoping to arouse the creative juices. And you're like, yeah, I think we're just going to stick with whole life. Don't you think so? I'm like, this is whole life. <laughs> and we were all like, you know what? Nothing else has come up. Let's let's go with it. I just feel like it works, though, you know? It does. It does. It works. It's, you know, we're we're talking about what it means to have a whole life and we're talking from the whole life church and it's about usually based off of the sermon at whole life so yeah it's like the hat trick it, it oh. is it's oh. the trifecta and there's going to be something in the if the if the logo works as i envision it it's even going to have a little it's going to have a little subtle reference to Ooh. the triple the three it has to be right everything adventist has to be three or seven. Or seven. Right. If it's not seven, it's the... Well, seven is kind of God's thing. Or 1844. Well... <laughs> I'm just going to... Or 2300. Or 2300. I'm just going to throw out... I'm going to just keep on throwing out numbers the, for you. We are the numbers people, though, aren't we? We like numbers. It's almost... Yeah, we do like numbers. Seven... Th- 20, yeah, I forgot about that one. 1844. No, it'll be a little subtle hint to the three. If, if it all works out, it's not. If it doesn't, don't hold me that because I am not a graphic artist. I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But sitting in the same room as Ken, it is a proven fact, will make you smarter. <laughs> I completely believe that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'd like to see your research on that. <laughs> well, it's not, uh, it's not science, but it's common sense. Okay. And that's well. just good as science in my book. <laughs> All right, Randy, we'll go with that <laughs> for now. For now. If you have any, you know, if you differ on that, you can go ahead and send us a voicemail or text and, or, you know, send us an email. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. All right. Back to the business at hand. This week, we talked about forgiveness, our value of forgiveness. We're in the middle of our values. And I was talking to someone who goes to Forest Lake Church. They shall remain unnamed, not because the conversation had any ill effects one way or the other, but they didn't really give me permission to talk about it. But when I was telling them what we were doing, and of course, the first question out of their mouth is, why do you like your new pastor? And it's like, (laughs) yeah, we love, really, what do you like about him? And it's like, well, you know, he's just straightforward to the point. And I said, his first words were, you know, Jesus is everything. That's what I want you to know. And we're doing our values and we're like figuring out our why, like between us now. I mean, the, the values probably wouldn't change much between our former pastor, Andy and Ken, but, you know, everyone has their little differences and their their ideas of how you come at a subject. So I'm – it almost seemed counterintuitive, like why are we going through our values? But then when you stop and think about it, it makes perfect sense that let's do this together. We're us now mm-hmm. as, a, as a group, as a family. And, and, you know, maybe it's just more for me than it is for anybody else, you know, so that I can make sure that I understand the values. 
Yeah. So have you so far? Have you passed the test? I mean, has anyone come up to you afterwards and be like, "Dude, you are not on point with this"? Everybody's been really nice, so I'm 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 sure that'll come in, uh, you know, about a year or so. <laughs> Good job, whole life. Good job. Make the new pastor feel welcome. That's what we're here for. <laughs> no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that in the least bit. I I really feel like we've been really hitting some really solid points that. You don't always just – I mean, you know them, but they it never hurts to rehear them and then rehear them in a different story. So, I mean, I guess that's why we do church every week, right? Because you yeah. could probably preach through the Bible. And Well, the interesting thing is that as I was preparing the sermon on forgiveness, I I actually called up Tammy, who's our worship pastor, uh, pastor for liturgy and worship, and said, hey, we actually need to schedule a – probably about a five or six part sermon series on forgiveness and so I think we're <laughs> going to be doing that uh, all right after the uh, first of the year at some point where we're going to be doing that because I just there's there's so much information and here I am trying to preach in about 20 25 yeah, minutes, minutes on uh, on this topic that's that's huge and broad and expansive and there's so many different nuances to it and so yeah I think we're going to take uh, five or six sermon series. And really dive and, in. And really jump into it because I think a, a lot of these ideas are things that that are very common to all of us. We've all experienced hurt and pain. We've all experienced people that that we have to forgive. And I think I think m- most people, I wouldn't say everyone, but I think most people have had those people in their life that they just they really struggle to forgive. Maybe it felt very intentional what happened, um, or maybe it was just—I mean—just a very incredibly painful thing that was done. And I think that's common to our experience. And so to to talk about it is important. You know, there's there's just no easy way to find forgiveness. I don't think, and and it's as individual as the person on how that happens. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, it's tough too because honestly, each one of these values is something you could do. You know, a five, six week series. Probably a year long series, honestly. Yeah. I Probably. mean, like love seems to cover quite a bit of ground, right? And <laughs> it does. Acceptance seems like it could as well. And each one of them, because yeah. each one of them is something that we all probably have one or two of them that we're at least okay at. And or that we don't just go, oh man. But forgiveness, ooh, forgiveness is one that I don't think from the time you're a toddler. That, you know, I mean, to forgive the other person who takes your toy or smacks you over the head with something or beats you up as you get to be, you know, grade school, especially boys or girls, you know, she wasn't nice to me. They've excluded me. I mean, you watch your kids grow up and all the different things and then trying to not only not even be able to explain to them why you should forgive, but then walking the walk is pretty more, well, it's just way more difficult than just giving the talk. <laughs> and so when it's like, well, how come you didn't do or you've said that this person or you said you hate this person? I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean, I wasn't serious. And she's like, sounded serious. And you're like, doggone it. Yeah, that's true. I let you my, heard you, that, huh? <laughs> you caught, you caught on to that one, did you? Doggone it. Well, the thing that I like this was right away – in typical Ken style, and I love Ken style, by the way, and I think we should trademark Ken style, hashtag Ken style. Um, Ken style. I, I'm waiting to hear what this is. Well, you just you, – you get to the meat of the matter first, which I like. And you – I mean you just dropped the gauntlet, quoting Book of Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 12. You said, and forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And then verse 14 and 15, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. That sounds nice. 
But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. And then it's like, okay, gut punch. I'm still on the floor gasping for breath. And then he finished with this honest assessment of those verses was, does this strike you as a little harsh? (laughs) And I was – as I was listening to that, your delivery of that last line, does this strike you as a little harsh? And it was like, oh, a little harsh. I'm still on the floor, Ken. Yes, yes, <laughs> this is harsh. And it does seem a bit harsh when we read these verses. And maybe my takeaway was different than some from that. But for me, it was if I had read that verse, maybe not just as a young person, but as a young Christian who's maybe – let's say somewhere where we're past high school, we're in college, we're bombarded with all kinds of ideas, we're still trying to figure out who adult Christian Randy is, let's say. And you read a passage like that, and maybe you don't know where to find the rest of the story, so to speak, and you're like, wow, I am not good at forgiveness. And so, and you know, this person did X, Y, and Z. This is unforgivable. I just can't see a way through this. So what like what hope is there for me? How do we help people that get snippets and bits and pieces when they come to us and go, yeah, but right there it says you've got the answers. So, you know, you're a Christian. You say you love Jesus. And overall, you seem to be a pretty, pretty decent, well-adjusted person. How do we get past this or how do we help people that read snippets and base everything they know about Jesus on snippets? Because this, this harkens back to when you said uh, first week, I think you said – we like to think of God as the big bad God, and then Jesus right. is Jesus is the good guy. Like, oh come on, Dad, they're not that bad, right? Right. You know. So this is where I feel like we get people stuck in the God is bad. He will strike you down. He's going to mush you down. But interesting enough, it's Jesus that's saying it, right? <laughs> and, so and now we've so, even added the yeah, extra. Twitter. So there we go. So <laughs> yeah, I think it can be massively discouraged. I think that when you're reading this, what's happening in your life can have a massive impact. If you're not in a place where you're experiencing a lot of hurt or somebody's hurting you, you can read this passage and be like, yeah. Doing pretty good at forgiving people right now. Yeah. But if you're in a place where you've just been deeply wounded. Um, somebody has really wronged you and you read these verses, it can really be a gut punch. I mean, it can be really hard because you know you haven't forgiven. And maybe even worse, you know that you don't want <laughs> to. You know, there's there's like, I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you've had something that you knew, knew you needed to hand it over to God, but you just couldn't do it. You're just like, no, I I mean, I know that, that God needs to be in charge of this, but I I need to hold on to this. I can't let it go. I'm not ready to I'm not ready to say dear Jesus, please help me with my unforgiveness because yeah. this person is a, you know, dirty rotten snake <laughs> and something needs to something. <laughs> I I'd rather go to the passages that talks about, you know, may their bones be ground up and, you know, in the <laughs> Psalms where where David's talking about death and destruction to his enemies. That's that's where I'm at right now, you know. Yeah. And I think that when people come and tell us that that's how they're feeling, that they don't want to forgive, I think that as Christians, you know, as a whole life staff, we're reading a book on listening right now. And the book, uh, the chapters we just got done reading uh, that we covered actually today, talk about how important empathy is to listening. And and empathy and solving problems are two different things altogether. And mm, yeah. somebody close to both of us made a comment in there in, in the in the reading of it is like, you know, and, and it resonated with me because that's exactly the way I'd always been, is they said, you know, I always thought that by trying to help somebody solve their problem, that was empathy. Mm, that, you know, ooh, yeah. Yeah, I hear that you're 
<laughs> I hear you're struggling with forgiveness. Well, here's three easy steps or three difficult steps or do this or do that. Instead of saying, wow, that did hurt. Tell me about how you're feeling. Tell me about what's going on. And we try to tell people, oh, no, you shouldn't feel hurt. You shouldn't feel wounded. You shouldn't. Uh, to the the point that I was making in a different way in my sermon this week is is that if you're the one who stabs somebody, you don't get to tell them when to quit bleeding, right? Uh, it's like, hey, uh, that's enough. You know, I know I've hurt you, but uh, you go ahead yeah. and let that heal up and be go okay with go things, ahead and right? get better. But at the same time, those of us who didn't perhaps do the stabbing sometimes are very quick to tell that person, hey, quit quit bleeding on our carpet. Okay, it makes me uncomfortable to see that scar. Could you put something over it so that I don't have to see that? Rather than saying, wow you're bleeding. What happened? How can I, do you want help? Do you want, do you want help? Is that, and you know, or, you know, tell me about that scar. Yeah. Uh, You know, you know, if you, I don't know if you've ever accidentally hit somebody where they had a scar and it hurt them and you, and you go, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. What, Tell me about that. What happened to you? And, and I think that sometimes when it comes to forgiveness, we're very quick to tell people how they need to forgive right away. And I don't think that's what Jesus is doing here. What I think he's trying to set us up for is just simply this, is that when we hold on and will refuse to let go no matter what to these hurts and slights, when we refuse to forgive, we're poisoning ourselves. You know, it's the, the, famous, uh, the famous saying that unforgiveness is the poison that you drink hoping somebody else will die. Um, <laughs> that's and, a good one. I don't and, think uh, I've heard that. You haven't heard that one no, before? No, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. And so, and, and all Jesus is trying to do is what God always does in love is trying to help us not poison ourselves. And, and it, that's really what it comes down to. When we hold on to unforgiveness, we're really hurting ourselves. It's, it's incredible to me, the people that I've been really furious with in my life, that I've been really angry at, that I've had a hard time forgiving, they could care less. Oh, yeah. No, they, it's they not, don't. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that I'm upset with them, that I'm angry, that I'm hurt, that I'm in pain, that I'm angry at them. Okay. Get that, I mean, in some in some cases, that it makes them even feel better about life. Oh, good. Ken's upset. He's hurt, and I don't. I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. I'm, I'm not. I don't care yeah. if you're upset. And yet, somehow, I think that by me being angry and and plotting how to get even or whatever, that that's somehow going to hurt them. And, and you know, sometimes, obviously, you can hurt somebody if you oh, if you sure. go to that route. But that certainly doesn't go the route that Jesus taught of turning the other cheek, of doing good to those who do bad things to you, which was the first story that I told in the in the sermon today about the uh, Ooh, that was about Peter Miller who yeah. uh, walked twenty miles in the snow to to get the pardon for his greatest enemy. Incredible story. Yep. But anyway, but you know, it's just one of those things where this is for our good. Yeah, it's not. Jesus isn't trying to sit there and go, "Hey, look at you." Not good enough to forgive, or or trying to threaten us in some way. And it, and what Jesus is trying to do is he's trying to say, look, if you can't get past this, this creates barriers in your life to having a relationship with me, and I don't want there to be any barriers between us. It's amazing how that that's a lesson to me. That that's a lesson that we always that we somehow have to learn, and the earlier we can learn it, the better. But it seems like we're not prepared to learn it, <laughs> maybe until later. And the first time I really gave it a second thought was we interviewed Dick Tibbetts. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but uh, his book, Forgive to Live. Mm-hmm. And he was on our TV show, Hope on Fire. I think it was back around 2008. And uh, the book was published 06. So it wasn't too long after he'd published the book. 
And I was on set that day. I wasn't on camera. And I remember listening to this and it just going, ah, there's no way I heard that right. This, this has to be – he must have misspoke. But the thing that's always stuck and the thing that I just really didn't believe at that time and since has really just helped me understand and embrace forgiveness, it made me believe that I was capable of it because I wasn't really sure that on any real level – I mean, I could say, oh, I forgive you, but I didn't feel like I forgave you. Mm. And I didn't feel like – it probably wasn't forgiveness because I didn't feel any different afterwards. I didn't feel better. I didn't feel like I had done anything or anything of significance. And I'm probably paraphrasing this because it's a long time and I didn't go back to actually look it up. But it's, mm. it's, on, the, it's on the website. <laughs> so it is there. On the, it's on YouTube somewhere. But basically he said, forgiveness doesn't excuse what's been done to you. And it doesn't mean that you have to continue to be in contact with that person. Or if you were friends, it's not like, well, okay, we still have to be friends and I have to have you over for dinner or anything right. like that. But basically that forgiveness was about you and your well-being. Whether the offender chooses to accept or chooses to apologize is at all – none of that's pertinent to your act of forgiveness. Right. And for me – I I was like that can't be that can't be right because that doesn't feel like it seems like to me forgiveness seemed like it was an exchange. Right. We both have to barter a deal and I'll agree to forgive you if you agree to, you know, whatever it is. And I can remember doing that as a kid, but it was so freeing to understand and then how inviting it seems to tell other people about forgiveness. Like, dude, you don't have to carry all the weight of this. Whatever this is doing to you inside, you can just – you can drop that. You can just let that go and let that be on that person whether they – and you. You decide. Are we going to continue this? But if you – one more time, whether that's – you can do it through a letter. You can do it through a phone call, a text. I forgive you. Yeah. And how your life changes when that's a – when that's a real thing, when that comes from a place of I just need to be done with this and you know God's working through this with me and I get to that place where I can finally do it and you're like, wow, it may take a long time. But it's still it's, – it's hard to not tell people about forgiveness is your friend it, once you've experienced it. It really is. And, and I think that's one of the things that holds so many people back from forgiving is the idea that, uh, f- that forgiveness and reconciliation are the same thing. I think in a lot of times in Christian circles, we we make it seem like if you are going to forgive somebody, that means you have to come back into friendship or right, relationship yeah. with that Oof. person. And that's just simply not the case. You can forgive and still say, it's. <laughs> I appreciate I've forgiven you. I don't need to get even with you. I don't need I any debt that you have to me. I'm not expecting anything back. However, for my mental health, well-being, for the sake of of who I am, things aren't going to be the same. Um, Things will potentially be different. And and this is a hard concept for a lot of people to use. And I find that a lot of abusive people use this to abuse the people that they have been um, the perpetrator of things against. They'll say, well, if you forgave me, then you would let me X, Y, or Z. Or it's the abusive spouse that has physically abused their spouse that says, well, I said I'm sorry, so if you were really forgiving me, you would move back in. Well, that's not that. No, that's that's not true. Um, You can forgive somebody but say there's going to be some boundaries here because 
you're not safe or I need some time to see that you're going to be safe. Yeah. And and of course, as Christians, we want to see reconciliation. This is not me yeah, encouraging no. of, that there not be reconciliation, yeah. but there are times in life where the hurt goes deep enough that it just that forgiveness is where it's at. Yeah. And then if you can be reconciled later, great. But that you notice that Jesus says forgive. He doesn't say reconcile. So, yeah. For your prayer, you know, for your sins to be forgiven. He doesn't say reconcile. He says you must forgive. That means giving up your right to get even uh, or to collect on that debt that's owed to you, uh, whether real or perceived. And so that's the thing, and that's what God does for us. He forgives us freely. I liked it. it. You gave some basic concepts of forgiveness by Patsy Rodriguez, and there was even a definition. We don't have time to go through all of them here, so definitely go through. They're in the today's show notes. If you swipe up, they'll be included. You can take a look at them, but definitely don't miss the message. I think each of these messages, as we're going through, are building upon the last piece, and we're, we're going to investigate, like we talked about. You know, Forgiveness is going to be one we're going to have to go back and, and double down, triple down, and more maybe. But don't miss the message this week because it was very powerful. But one that I think that I picked out of those basic concepts was the last one. We do not forgive because we're supposed to. We forgive so we can be healed. Mm. And I think if there's one thing that we can take away from all of this is that in a heartbeat to not ever think about it in the terms of like when I was a kid, well, why do you forgive? And, you know, the answer is because I'm supposed to. I know Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to. Yeah. I don't want to. Supposed to doesn't make me want to. But if I can be healed in the process, now I want to. So I think framing it that way uh, just to each other sometimes because it's hard to forget that it's not because we're supposed to. I mean we know that. And I loved how you brought the Lord's Prayer into this. I thought that was really unique and it was thought-provoking because I'm like, does this really work? And as I'm reading through it, you said this is really showing Jesus' intentions You said, give us our daily bread and forgive us as we forgive others. Jesus is the giver of our physical needs and our emotional needs. That's I love that part, and our emotional needs. It is only our job to request that we keep his name holy and that his kingdom of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and grace grow in us. We ask him to lead us away from the temptation to hold on to hard feelings and to deliver us from evil and hurt that holds us captive. Oh, and when you think about what he says in the prayer and, okay, um, have you caught up on uh, the chosen since last time? Okay, no more. Sp- we move on. We know, but we know the obvious things, right? That result in us right. not forgiving. Is there anything subtle? You know, because I think a lot of times we just think, well, yeah, but yeah, I'm holding on to a little bit. You know what? I'm going to. So I'm strong enough, and I can do it. And that person, what they did, boom, yeah. doesn't deserve it. I can hold on to this. What don't we think about when we just go? I'm going to be bullheaded. I'm not going to forgive. Is there anything that we just don't think about? Uh, we, I think we think of it. It's, again, going back to that wound. It's like us never allowing it to, to heal. We just keep reopening it and keep reopening it. And um, and all of us know if we have a physical wound, we really want that to heal. <laughs> That's true. And, but psychologically, sometimes we, we're the um, – you know, I had a cat once that that got a wound in it, and it would just keep reopening that wound. It would keep licking it when it, and it was like, stop. and you're just, please stop. I, I care <laughs> yeah. about you. I want you to get better. And I yeah. think that we emotionally keep reopening wounds um, when we don't forgive. 
I like that. The thing I thought about was the the time that we spend continuing the a lot of times it feels like hate. Maybe it's not exactly hate, but it feels like hate. It feels like that level of there is just no way that I can forgive this. There is just no way. And then you replay those thoughts. The wound never heals. But what could you have been spending time on? You know, your marriage, your kids, your your own self, reading, studying God's word, praying. I mean, what could what are we missing out on? If to me was the part that every minute that we're locked into this to do what? We're only hurting ourselves. I think that's the realization is it's, you know, we have to do it to heal because otherwise all that other time we're just spending yeah. it just it's totally not worth it. All right, questions from the not questions from the loop. This is questions from the new first and second service. That's right. And I, I think it's important for people to to know, I mean, it, if whether you're watching online or in the church, you're going to be able to ask questions. Yeah. During the sermon, yeah. and you can write them in on our social media site, on our website where the video is showing. Uh, I think this uh, this Saturday we're actually going to have a text number that people can actually text their questions to. Nice. Um, so yeah, so during this sermon, if you think of something you're like, what about this? Feel free to Put you know, text it in. We will be answering questions, and and the ones we don't have time to get to, then we'll spend. We'll we'll, we'll get bring right here. over here. I love it. Right. It's fun. I'm not and gonna. I, I'm not gonna know the answer every time. And there's no, you know, but maybe. you know, I'll give you opinion here and there. But well, I love it because like probably less than fifty percent of what I study during a week actually makes it into the sermon. Oh, I know. So yeah. it's kind of fun to have the opportunity to have somebody be like, "Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about, about that. that. Let <laughs> me go ahead and mention that." <laughs> yeah. All right. Our first question came from Inia. Hope I. Sp- Pronounce that correct. How do you start anew after you have forgiven? All right, we're starting at a good place here. Do we have to continue the relationship? And I know we kind of talked about that a little bit already, but how do you start anew? I don't think we've talked about that specifically. You've forgiven. We already answered no, we don't have to. Uh, That's up to us as the person forgiving whether or not we want to continue the relationship. But how do we start anew with ourselves? Because I think there's a piece of you missing after. If it's something this serious where we're deciding whether or not we're going to continue a relationship, that means the yeah. the trespass against us was pretty severe, more mm-hmm. than likely. And so how do we start anew? What do we, what do, we do? Because that's uncharted territory for some people that have had something this major happen to them. And then do we just act like we it didn't happen? What about if other people maybe ask us about it? Have you forgiven? Or I notice you're not friends with Ken anymore. What, you know, did... How does that work? Is I mean, is there a line between I can talk about it with people? Is it gossip? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of components yeah, I think, there. Yeah, there's a whole lot of components there. And um, so, first, I think it's important not to gossip. What uh, what happens between Randy and Ken is between Randy and Ken. Yeah. And uh, my experience with Randy can be completely different than somebody else's sure, experience. Yeah. And so, I need to be careful that you know there are certain things that if you know. If if Randy is constantly stealing things from me, I might want to warn other people that but on the other side of it, we need to be careful about that too, because yeah. I've seen a lot of people make in the spirit of warning they're they're more gossiping. Than, yeah. yeah. So for me there are two questions in there. Do you have to continue the relationship? And the answer is no. You right. don't. You don't have to continue it. Ideally, you'll leave yourself open. To reconciliation, if it, if it's possible, but that's a different stage of things. Yeah. And then the second part of it is is that reconciliation stage of things. Um, how do you repair a relationship? Well, I think one of the things is is 
honesty with the person. I think it's important that the person knows that you've been hurt. And if if you've forgiven them, but they haven't asked for forgiveness, and or they or maybe they do come and ask forgiveness, you can say, "Well, you know what you you have been gossiping about me, and I do forgive you for that. And if you keep doing it, I'll keep forgiving you. But I'm not going to be able to be friends with you. I certainly yeah. can't share my life with you if you're going to be going and divulging those things that I've shared with you to other people." And so right there, you put in a boundary. You've, you've been honest with the person. The, the person, I never talk about you. What are you talking about? Well, this person told me you said this. This person told me you said that. So yes, this is this is what's going on. And so I think that there, there's a good bit of honesty that needs to take place, and then there has to be an evaluation of whether that person is is in a place where where French, what kind of friendship do you want to have with them? Is it is it more of a passing friendship, yeah, yeah. or is it a deep and intimate friendship? And so I think that as you're trying to restore a relationship, you kind of uh, you would restore it somewhat in the same way that you enter into a relationship in the first way, which is kind of easing yourself in, finding out who that person is, and and if they have learned something from what what's transpired between the two of you. But you know, by all means, if if the person is going to still be gossiping about you, I don't think that that is a wise thing to be bearing your heart to that person. Yeah, no, that's probably not safe. No. So Cheryl Fowler asked, please discuss what to do about someone you've forgiven who's unrepentant and, oh boy, you have to associate with them every day. How do you protect yourself? I'm assuming this might be something like a job, maybe a family member that you really yeah. can't get away from. That's a whole nother. You know, again, I think it's it's such a good question. Um, and it is varied. I think I think it's very varied in how you're going to go about that situation. You know, let's go ahead and use the example of the coworker that that is unrepentant. You know, maybe they they keep trying to sabotage your projects. You've you've asked them to quit. You've talked to your boss. Nobody nothing has changes, nothing yeah. changes. You know, your options at that point are you know if you like your job and want to keep it, then you're going to have to figure out how to to protect yourself from them. What can you do to help try to avoid them sabotaging you? And those are those are the difficulties of it. But you know, putting those boundaries, trying to you know, if they're completely unrepentant, trying to find ways to not have to associate as much as you can, and when you are around them, to be very careful yeah. about about that association. You know, another example is is people uh, is our spouses. You know, I'm sure that um, there are people out there who have have shared with their spouse, hey, you keep. Um, you know, one example, hey, when we're out with friends, you you find ways to belittle me. No, I don't. Yeah. Um, I hear this occasionally as a pastor from people who come into my office. No, I don't, I don't do that. You know, he's just making that up. She's just making that. that sure. She's just being sensitive, being overly sensitive. And so there's no repentance there. And so that's a very hard one for a spouse to deal with because you're married. Yeah. <laughs> there's, you're not there's, not a, there's not a lot of places to hide. And, and these people do see you. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. and so— for you, you know, for you to be continually be belittled by them, it can be a very difficult thing. And particularly if they're never willing to do anything about it, if they're not willing to sit, go to counseling and, and talk it out with you. Um, no, no, that's just all in your head. I'm not going to go get counseling for something that's in your head. That can be a very difficult thing to do. And so, again, my advice to people is when you're in a situation like that, you really would do well to find yourself uh, an uh, an advisor or a counselor, particularly a, a, a 
somebody who's paid to be dispassionate and to help you work through the proper boundaries in yeah. these situations. Uh, counseling, for whatever reason, I think we're, as a society, becoming more open to it, but it sometimes still is a little bit surprising to me how reluctant people will be to go see a counselor. You know, if you're if you are bleeding from your ears— you go, see, you somebody. go see somebody about that, and sure. yet we have some major emotional pain that that's the equivalent of bleeding from our ears. And we, oh no, I, I'm, I just, you know, Jesus needs to be enough. Uh, I just, you know, if I just have enough faith, then it'll go away. Uh, we don't do that with our ears. It's surprising to me. God has put wonderful people who are counselors out there in the world that are there to help us. And I think that Jesus has, has sometimes thrown us the lifeline of these counselors, and we're like, well, where are you to help me? And he's like, yeah, right, right there. Right there, right, yeah. Go ahead and use it. <laughs> so I always like to encourage people to find a counselor. And, I, and the other thing I tell them about counselors is that counselors are like any, th- any other service thing. There are some that you're going to click with and some you won't. Well, and don't, don't be up. afraid Don't be afraid to say, yeah. hey, you're not the one that works for me. I'm going to go try somebody else and see if I can find one that I that I can connect with and that will will help me with the issue. And so that's that's really I know that may be a little dissatisfying that it'd be nice to say there are three easy steps to getting along with no. the person, but that's my my solution is is to find somebody to talk to and and work through the specifics of it. All right, last question. Denise said, "Does Jesus really not forgive us if we don't forgive others?" Does Jesus really not forgive us if we don't forgive others? Well, um, according to the Bible text, <laughs> that's what it says. I like to go ahead and say that God's grace is sufficient for all of us, and I think that God understands where we're at. I had church members whose whose son was was murdered by their daughter-in-law. Um, and you can only imagine how difficult that might be. And I think it would have been pretty harsh for, for me as a pastor. Now, this happened before I was their pastor, but I think it would have been pretty harsh for me to come up to them and say, I hope you've forgiven your daughter-in-law, because if you haven't, then Jesus can't forgive you, because the Bible says that in Matthew chapter 6. I think that would have been a little bit harsh. Yeah, and yeah, for sure. And I think that Jesus understands the journey, the depth of pain that we're on. But what I think is important to understand is that when we harbor unforgiveness, it really genuinely gets in between our relationship with God, not because God's putting it there, but because we're allowing it to stay there. Yeah. The second part that I want to really emphasize is, is it's not our job to find the mental fortitude to forgive somebody. It's our job to go to God and say, I can't. Yeah. I need your help. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. And and say, I need your help. And, and that's where I feel like if you've come to that point where you say, God, I've got bitterness and anger that I'm just not able to let go of, but I, I'm I'm handing it to you. I'm giving you permission yeah. to take it away if you want to. Then I believe that's the point at which we open ourselves up to the spiritual journey that God wants us to be, to, on. To be on. Yeah, that's and, good. But when we aren't willing to turn it over— when we aren't willing to hand it to God and say, I'm willing to let you take it away when you want to, how you want to, I think that's what does get, it becomes a barrier in our lives. Man, that's a, it's a great answer because that goes right into one of our takeaways that said, think about a person you forgave. What emotions did you experience when you forgave them and what helped you forgive them? And I didn't have to think very hard about this person in my life, even though it's been over two decades since I've physically had contact with this person. It's my ex-wife. 
And there was a – Ken and I had lunch the other day and I, I didn't give him all the gory details because it, it was – anyone that knows me knows it was very Jerry Springer-ish. It was things you couldn't make up. If you wrote the script, it, people would be like, this is a pretty good story. I never heard one like this before, <laughs> you know? And it took a long time than I thought it would. And honestly, I never thought I could. I was at the – the person yeah. you were describing, I was there. And then eventually when I met Heather and started really – searching for God and going, this is never going to go away. And I, I mean, there's, I'm like, you know, the top five and then, you know, the next top five. And I had like, I had 15 top fives. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way I will ever be able to just, not because I don't want to. I mean, I feel like I should, and I feel like I kind of want to, but I don't know what, like, how do you take this piece and say, I forgive you for this? Yeah. I don't know how. And then eventually once it was, it was the, a combination of different people in my life, and basically gave it to him where it was mentors, pastors, praying, reading the Bible. The Dick Tibbetts thing was a big thing. And finally when you realize it's gone and it's like, wow, I don't hold ill anymore. Yeah. And then you're like, I want to tell everyone. You should yeah. forget. You should forgive. And then you go like, ooh, yeah, but I was that same yeah. person this far back. So it's so hard to – and I feel like the I feel like a guy right now. I want to fix things. Yeah. I, I want to like tell everyone, yeah, like there's three easy steps and man, it would be so much better if you just lived your life this yeah. way and only because I can say it from experience and, 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 and going through that. But I'm hoping that maybe today there's something that you're, you're thinking about that. You're thinking about that person that you forgave and maybe someone else you know needs, to, needs a little push or maybe they've been asking God for someone and maybe you felt a push towards them that maybe they need a friend or who knows. And maybe this is something you can at least be a listener to and say, wow, I, you know, you become friends, you hear. But if you have something you could share with like what happened, what helped you, that's something we can all use when we're at a place because you never know what's going to happen in your life and there's people struggling that need to forgive. Yeah, Let us know what helped you. And I just jump in on that. Yeah. Sometimes that's exactly what a person needs to be able to forgive is just somebody to listen to them and mm. say, yeah, that yeah. wasn't right what happened to you. Absolutely. And and just to be that listening ear, not to push them to, to forgive, but just to hear the pain and the hurt and to, to allow them to – to purge it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You Vocalize know? it helps, and and like you said, Randy, I just I there's so many people out there that will hear these verses that if you don't forgive, then God can't forgive, and they'll become so discouraged in their journey. Yeah, and I just encourage them just to remember, just like any other sin, yeah, yeah, God's grace is there yeah. for you. God's not going to give up on you if you don't give up on Him. Yeah. You go ahead and and even if you do give up on him, he hasn't given <laughs> up on you. So let me go ahead and clarify <laughs> that, that one really quickly. <laughs> yep. But but the point is, don't become discouraged and walk away from God. When you find yourself not being able to forgive, that's the time to walk closer, closer to, to God. God. Awesome. Well, if you do want to share, 407-965-1607 or podcast at wholelife.church. And if you see me in the lobby at church, I can be a pretty good listener if you let me know hey, I just got something to get off my chest. Would you mind uh, taking a cup of coffee and going out to the parking lot? It's July. It's going to be sweaty and ugly. I'm there. Let's do it. We even have a couple air-conditioned rooms, though. We do have that, some, yeah. yeah. But if we want to be away from you know even the listening years of the brick, we can sure. go outside. Gotcha. I'm willing to go for that. All right. Hopefully you can find someone that you can talk to or if you know someone that needs some help. Just offer a listening ear. Next week is Grace, right? Grace. Oh, we all like Grace. Yeah. Right? Maybe this how is could a, find a... How could Ken find, find a, way a way to, to <laughs> make that one uh, heavy, huh? Tune in next week as You'll Ken... You'll find fi out. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week as Ken finds a way to make it heavy. I like that. 
if you uh, if you want to get a head start, you can look in. I think First uh, Peter. First Peter. Oh, well, there you go. All right. The last verses of First Peter. Peter. Very interesting use of grace there, and uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now I'm already ready for next week. I haven't even edited this episode, <laughs> and I'm all ready for next week. So join us at nine thirty and twelve at wholelife.church/live. If you're not local to Orlando, and if you are, please do come and join us. We have a great welcoming church community that will welcome you in. And so all of that comes next week. If you missed the sermon, and you want to hear it. Speaking of grace, swipe up in today's show notes. That is our sister podcast where the message comes out every Tuesday evening. And until then, we'll talk to you all next week. Have a great week and thanks for listening, guys.